We traded hearts way down where the trade winds play. All right, so ongoing at uh, this hour is a press conference involving our U.S. Trade Representative, the Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister, and the uh, Mexican Economy Secretary as well. And they're talking about uh, those NAFTA talks, which are expected to continue extending past uh, the 2017 or end of 2017 deadline. Let's get the lowdown on this, though. Caitlin Weber follows this for us. She's our government analyst of U.S. trade policy at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts. And she is uh, with us from our Bloomberg 991 studio in Washington, D.C., Caitlin, it's ongoing, so we're going to watch for headlines, but pretty much we kind of knew where this was going, according to uh, our reporting and our sources here at Bloomberg News. So they're going to continue the talks. That's right. And I actually think after the last few days of some really um, negative headlines out of these talks, even some rumors that they're on the cusp of potentially collapsing, I think that the news that they are they, all the parties are extending the talks through at least the first quarter of next year is actually a positive sign. Initially, they had wanted to wrap up by the end of this year. But the, the fact that they are agreeing, even after the U.S. has put forward these really hardline proposals during this most recent round of talks, they're agreeing to keep talking. They're agreeing to continue to extend the period between negotiations to sort of let the, the lower-level ministers um, hash some of these things out. I think that's actually a, a positive a positive uh, point in these negotiations, which, let's remember, are really only, you know, maybe not even halfway, halfway to the right. ending point. Yeah. Right. And the NAFTA negotiators saying that they successfully completed round four. So we're looking forward to the next round uh, of talks between the three nations. Uh, the negotiators also saying they successfully completed uh, or saying they have new su- su- uh, proposals. Oh, forgive me. I just flipped. Um, I'm sorry. Progress on customs, digital trade and others. My Bloomberg flipped, so I missed I couldn't read the headline. Um, so they are making some progress as they move along. The biggest issues, I'm thinking about the wall and some other things be, that sit between these nations. How is this anticipated to, to ultimately end up? Yeah, so some of the more the the less controversial issues with the the, the digital trade, the sort of the modernization of the deal, bringing it up to mm-hmm. up to sort of the the modern era from um, 1994, those are less controversial. So it's not surprising that they um, were sort of heralding the the success around uh, agreement on those points. The, the the trickier points are really um, what the U.S. is demanding around rules of origin. Um, so these are the rules that a product has to adhere to in order to um, qualify for duty-free status under NAFTA. And these would primarily affect automakers and, to a lesser extent, um, retailers in the textile industry. The U.S. wants to increase for for vehicles the, the rule of origin um, by 20 percentage points. That's really That was sort of their opening mm-hmm. um, proposal this round. You know, that's, 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 that's really steep. a non-starter. That's yeah. a non-starter for um, – Mexico and Canada, and also for the big three automakers, they're not on board with that as well. Um, so I think it's it's important to remember that's a starting point. That's not the end point. We will have to see where that ends up. This is where I feel like in talking to you and doing some really smart reporting that we can talk about what NAFTA does for the three different nations that are involved. Is it a level playing field, um, Caitlin, between the three? So in the the NAFTA deal, because it's you know almost twenty five years old at, at this point, 
it has wiped out tariffs between the three nations. So, so trade between the three nations at this point is 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 uh, duty free, fully free. Um, of course, you know there's different levels of um, you know workers are paid different amounts. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. The minimum wage is far different between the U.S. and Mexico. So it, it wouldn't be fair to say that that it's it's leveled the playing field totally. Um, but it's certainly the the three economies since NAFTA was implemented in 1994 have have become much more highly integrated, and especially in sectors, like I mentioned earlier, automakers um, and retail and the textiles have become much more integrated than they were uh, 20 plus years ago. I mean, could we still see the U.S., the United States exit from NAFTA? I'm pretty skeptical of that, even though we've heard a lot of rumors about it. I th- I really do think it's a negotiating tactic on the part of the Trump administration. There is very little to no support for that in Congress or the business community. If we did see the Trump administration make good on that threat, we would just see a litigation and lobbying bonanza uh, just here in the U.S. alone. That would be highly unpopular. I, I, so I think the prospects of that are very low, um, not zero, so it's something to watch. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's probably a, a small chance that we would see such a drastic step taken. What are you hearing about from the negotiators? And maybe it's not only the senior level, but the lower level, right? There's a lot of people that are on these trade teams from each of the countries. Um, is it amicable? Is it friendly in terms of the negotiations that people want, that understand that maybe the NAFTA that we've had for the last few years, it's an old <laughs> agreement, and maybe things need to be updated and revised? Um but is there kind of a will among the three countries to actually get something done that works for all three nations? Because they understand the importance of free trade, easy trade between the three. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of agreement, particularly among the sort of the career staff at the U.S. trade representative um, and their counterparts in Canada and Mexico, that this deal needs to be modernized, needs to be upgraded, because back, you know, 25 years ago, there wasn't a such thing really as e-commerce. And so it needs to be updated to reflect the modern economy. Um, and so actually, and a lot of the updates on those areas are, are less controversial. I think, you know, there's less agreement around these more controversial issues like the rules of origin. And I think potentially there's even probably less agreement within the USTR between the career officials at USTR and the Trump appointees, um, because the Trump administration's U.S. Trade Representative uh, Robert Lighthizer is going in a very different direction from um, his predecessors, who were really leading um, leading the way for expanding new trade deals, and he's mm-hmm. really trying to, to change ones we already have. You know, Caitlin, I feel like any time over you know my lifespan in terms of doing business news, um, you know, any time any major trade deals came up, uh, the business community, the American business community, certainly was out front and center, and they didn't want anything that was going to somehow prevent them from getting into other their markets. And I assume it's still the case. Yeah, absolutely. There is a broad, almost unanimous um, agreement in the U.S. business community around sort of not <laughs> screwing up this NAFTA <laughs> renegotiation. Um, there, there is agreement that it does need to be upgraded, but they, you know, they, they keep making the point over and over: let's just do no harm here. This is really important to us. This is really important to a lot of American industries and workers. And let's let's not do harm to this um, this deal that's really been helpful for for a lot of companies. It's interesting. I'm looking at a quick story here on the Bloomberg that the Mexican peso jumping more than one percent dipping below uh, the 19 to the U.S. dollar, 19 pesos to the dollar, uh, on these headlines that the NAFTA talks are going to con- 
extend into this year. You know, investors seeing that no news will be good news. Um, so it's interesting. So what do we as investors kind of have to watch for now as these negotiations continue? So the next, I guess, date point or data point or date line point, if you will, is mm-hmm. in November, correct, when they meet again? Yep, um, they're, they're, they push the next negotiation back a few weeks into November. I think um, going forward, something to to keep, keep in mind, especially with the overall talks being pushed into next year, mm-hmm. is how they could be impacted by elections, both in the United States, the midterm elections, and in Mexico. Um, there's a presidential election there mm-hmm. um, next summer, and so I, I think that there is some potential for these for the political season to maybe overheat some of these talks and overheat some of the rhetoric around these talks. So we're not there yet, but something to sort of look forward to next year is how that heated political rhetoric uh, around trade in these um, in mm-hmm. these two major economies could impact ongoing talks. All right. So the big headline after ministers saying to agree to extend the talks into 2018, should we assume, uh, Caitlin, that they will ultimately be wrapped up in 2018? Do they have to be? They certainly don't have to be. They don't have to really mm. change anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, it'll be it'll be tough even to finish it by next year, I think. You know, with those a lot of uh, members of Congress, a, a lot of people here in Washington are going to be focused more, much more on midterms once we get into next year. Um, you know, I think maybe 2019 at this point, we're even, mm. we could even be looking at that. That means you and I will continue talking about this yes. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Caitlin, great insight. Caitlin Weber, government analyst at uh, of U.S. Trade Policy with our Bloomberg Intelligence team, our in-house group of analysts, joining us from our Bloomberg 991 studio in Washington, D.C.